0: You're listening to 101.9 hi FM. I'm Benji Schulman and this is the New Blue Review and you were listening there to Freshly Ground on this Monday morning and uh, we've got a freshly ground show that's going to be ready for you this particular week. So I hope you are looking forward to it. I certainly am. I certainly feel like the whole country has suddenly realized that this week is actually december and that next week is the second week of december and that they have to get everything done this week that's uh, just how i'm feeling and uh, as as people get to uh, the official date of the holiday season the, the 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 16th of december which is generally speaking the time when you can start using that south african seasonal greeting which is thank you very much for your phone call we'll speak to you again in january so uh, i hope that you are feeling to Feeling like you can get everything done before the end of the year. What are we talking about today? Well, we're going to be looking at the Israeli coalition talks and finding out uh, what can we expect in the coming months as it looks like uh, Benjamin Netanyahu and his coalition partners are trying to find something to do uh, for their festive season. Uh, also looking at some innovation news uh, in, in, in Israel as well, which is uh, always interesting but first up today we are going to be talking about uh, not really the holiday itself but the holiday has sparked this because the 30th of november is world mizrahi day uh, or mizrahi heritage day and it is a day devoted to remembering the the jews of uh, Mizrahi descent, those who came from Middle Eastern countries and, uh, came to Israel after the founding of the state, sometimes before, uh, because of the, what happened in those countries. And what's being launched uh, on this day is a new book and a, uh, and a, with a, a author. And, uh, it's not to do with, uh, it's not to do with that day specifically, but it's a, It's certainly on that theme. Then it's a children's book called Shoham's Bangle, and it's just been released. And the author we have online with us all the way from Jerusalem is Sarah Sassoon. Sarah, welcome to Chai FM. Thank you so much for joining us on the show.
1: Thank you, Benji. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here um, with you all the way in South Africa from Jerusalem. And thanks for the introduction
0: so tell us a little bit uh, about about the book why did you decide to write it you you are uh of iraqi heritage so you you have um a, a, a connection uh to to the mizrahi uh, communities and the book is very much uh, placed as a children's book within that experience
1: right so basically all my grandparents are iraqi they all come from baghdad my father was actually born in baghdad and they were all part of Operation Ezra and Nehemia, which was this massive air flight operation um, that Israel um, oper- operated, basically. In 1950, um, 1951, 1952, um, in 1950, the Jews of Iraq were finally allowed to leave. Before that, they weren't given permission to leave. And when they were given permission to leave um, by the Iraqi government... Um, 125,000 left. And that's the operation my grandparents were on. And that's how they arrived in Israel. Um, and that's what the story is about. This book, Shoham's Bengal, is about a little girl who is part of that Aliyah.
0: Now, and, uh, yeah. uh, so oh, sorry. Yeah. I, I just wanted to, ask, I mean, you, you hear about the Sassoons from Iraq, um, quite often. Is it part of, were you, were you part of that sort of, big dynastic Sassoon clan that that was a big part of the community in, in Iraq at the time.
1: Right, so the Sassoons left a lot earlier from um, Iraq. They left and created their dynasty earlier. We The Sassoons in South Africa also left earlier actually, but they're actually from the it's Hayek family. They left Baghdad in 1923. So the Sassoons in South Africa are actually not connected to the dynasty, the David Sassoon dynasty, although they did buy the textile mill, mills in Manchester from the Sassoon family. Um, this Yitzchreichs changed their name from Yitzchreich to Sassoon when they arrived in Manchester just because it's easier to pronounce. And his, his middle name, Ezra Yitzchreich's middle name was Sassoon after his father, so it was just a natural name change
0: amazing okay so that 's a, a little bit uh, of of the background in, uh, in 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 terms of the sassoons and 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 how you got to this book it's it's unusual in us in in some ways perhaps for a children 's book to address these sorts of issues i mean the the story uh, of the book is about a girl and and her grandmother and and her leaving this place but it's this is not unicorns and dinosaurs in terms of your typical children's book. So it, it, tell us about – I'm interested in how you write a almost quite a serious topic for a children's book but at the same time making it accessible for, for young people to understand the story.
1: Right. So I think that's the the beauty of children and children's books. On one hand, we want to bring our kids the magical, imaginary world of unicorns and um, rainbows and fairies. But on the other hand, we also want them to learn about real life and learn about relationships. And basically, the story, more than anything, more than even the story of Aliyah, and refugees and expulsion is the story about the relationship between this little girl and her grandmother through her bangle, and the big thing about the Sphadic refugees and the Iraqi Aliyah is that fam- families remained intact, and this was in um, this was very different to the Ashkenazi experience, obviously after the Shoah. So they knew that they were lucky that they were together, and that's the way I was brought up in my family. Um, that even though we were we had to leave Baghdad and leave everything we knew, and we were cut off from this magnificent Babylonian community and culture that had been there for 2,600 years, we had each other, and that's what the book's about. And for children, it makes them think about special objects in their lives, like a bangle from their grandmother maybe, which is what holds Shoham in this book together. This is what reminds her of Baghdad, but it also gives us the strength to create a new life in Israel.
0: Absolutely, and I think it's a fantastic way to really represent what is a, a key element in in the Aliyah process of, of Jews from Iraq, and we're going to be finding out a, a lot more about that, talking to Sarah Sassoon. She is the author of Shaham's, Shaham's Bagel, Bangle, uh, a children's book uh, about the the aliyah of, of Iraqi Jews to Israel in the 1950s. I am Benji Shulman, and this is 101.9 High FM. This is the New Blue Review with Benji Shulman. 101.9 Hi FM, talking to author Sarah Sassoon today about her newly launched book, Shaham's Bangle and uh and a children's book about life in iraq so we had started touching a little bit uh before the break on the idea of this very ancient community that had been in iraq in in babylon for 2600 years and and how that sort of very quickly uh, came to uh, uh an end in the most part because the community had to move but what was it like uh, what parts of that community do we still see today, and and what are some of the customs and and the the the, the sense of place that that community had, which I think is part of this World Miss Rahi Day, is to try and revive uh, some of the understanding of of what those sorts of communities were all about.
1: So that's a great question. I think it's, it's a wonderful time we're living in when we're embracing diversity. We're embracing diversity within our Jewish communities and we're embracing diversity within this world, which is just a perfect platform um, for me to be writing in at the moment. Iraqi Jewish life and I guess Babylonian Jewish life is, is very much alive in the food and in the songs. I think we're digging deeper. I, I myself who brought, was brought up with um, Iraqi grandparents surrounded by Judeo-Arabic have kind of been an eating Iraqi food, which is very unique and delicious, was, was cut up, cu- cut off from the language because when the Iraqi Jews came to Israel, there was a deep shame that suddenly they were called Arabs and suddenly they weren't embraced for their rich Babylonian culture. So there was a kind of disconnection from their roots, which the older generation kept up, but the younger generation, kind of like my parents' generation, weren't encouraged to continue the, the culture. Um, as much as they knew the language, it was all kept at home, the food, the language, and they embraced Israeli culture. They embraced Israeli songs. They embraced Hebrew. And so now it, there's a return to it. So, for example, I love cooking my grandmother's food that I grew up with. And I'm just seeking the taste, the authentic taste that she created in her sambusak, which is like cheese burkas, uh, in her mahasha, which is like stuffed vegetables. It's a, diver- a different palate completely to um, Western food, for example. And it really is a return to the food um, that, that they had in Baghdad. And again the songs the songs are very um the songs they sang in baghdad they're they're very old songs and they tell a story which is much older than um the modern state of Israel, for example um and there's also I guess the the books of learning that have also come out of Iraq. don't forget Babylonia is where the the, uh, the Talmud Bavli. Was created. It's in fact all our heritage and culture, Babylonian Jewish culture. So yeah, there is a complete renaissance, um, in Israel uh, around the world as we reconnect to where we come from.
0: I mean, are you seeing it in Israel? Definitely, you know, I, when you, when you, when you are there at the moment, there is a sense, particularly as you mentioned to the food. Of restaurants and people who are bringing back those recipes into the public sphere, it's become quite trendy to uh, eat at restaurants in Israel that have uh, a sort of wider variety of of, of palate and and mix things up. Not just sort of going back to say authentic food in in inverted commas, but mixing it up with contemporary styles. Is that something that you that you're experiencing as well?
1: Definitely. There's a complete fusion, and um, it's it's really quite fun to be eating um, at the restaurants in Jerusalem and Tel Aviv as they play around with the old and the new.
0: Now, from all of uh, these experiences, uh, why did you decide to focus in on the idea of the bangle and the, the 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 relationship with the the grandmother and the granddaughter, what what was important for you about bringing that particular aspect of the story to life uh, for younger readers?
1: So um, I guess it's we write from what moves us as writers, and I have a bangle from my Iraqi grandmother, and it is a very authentic Iraqi bangle with blue stones, and. As I wear this bangle every day, um, I kind of wanted to write its story. So I actually just sat down and wrote the story. And this is the story that came out. And I think it came out because I had a very close connection with my grandmother and um, all her love and all her positivity throughout everything she went through in her life, moving from Iraq to Israel with this very um, difficult, Aliyah, and then later, after 16 years in Israel, moving to Australia, um, that definitely is something that came through in the book.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm sure that that is a a core part of 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 getting of getting the story out there. Now. Of course, it's a children's book, right? So you have to write the story, but, but for children, the key thing is, 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 an, is an illustrator. You've got to, you've got to find uh, the right kind of pictures to convey the words. So how did you go about f- thinking about illustrating the book and finding the right person that spoke to you for the audience that you were trying to get to?
1: So as an author I don't get to choose the illustrator um Ben Publishing they choose the illustrator and they put the whole book together mm-hmm. so it's it's a it's a act of faith in a sense as a writer to trust that my story is going to be told in the best possible way Having said that I did send a lot of photos to the publisher saying listen Iraqi Jews were modern um, they dressed this way this is photos of my grandparents this is how Baghdad looked and they passed it on to the illustrator. They chose Noah Kellner, who is Israeli illustrator, who's very well known here, and is really wonderful. And she also did research and really did a beautiful job to bring the story to life.
0: And in terms of the language of the book, I mean, is it published in Hebrew, is it published in English, published in Arabic? How did you focus on the language side?
1: So far, it's just in English. We'll see. It's up to the publisher to figure out the translation because I sold all my rights. Um to them, so they it's with them what it should be. It should be in Hebrew, and I really hope that it does become a book in Hebrew and Arabic. I think this is a story for all of us,
0: yeah, absolutely. I think that that would be uh, really cool if it could span a number of of languages and and help to create that sort of uh, dialogue, especially I think given what's going on in the Arab world and some moves towards reconnecting. Uh, Arab countries with Jewish countries. I, I feel like those Jews who came from Arab countries have, uh, and their stories have a special part to play in helping to build the, the connections between those societies once again.
1: I think you're right. I think as, like, my roots are Iraqi. I see myself as Iraqi. And, um, like, I connected to Seri Idan. She was the beauty queen of Iraq. It was expelled from iraq for um taking a selfie with miss israel in 2017 and when i speak to her it's like speaking to a friend as we kind of compare notes of and i ask her about what it was to grow up in iraq and we compare food and it's all the same and she can speak to my aunt in arabic and we come from the same place we have more in common than we have dividing us. And I think that's the way forward with Jewish-Arab relations. We used to live together. We can do it again.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's fascinating. We've had Miss Iraq uh, on the show and in our community, and she really is a very, uh, I think, inspirational figure uh, in terms of helping to do exactly what it is that you're, that you're talking about. Uh, how big is the Iraqi Jewish community in Israel or or indeed around the world at the moment?
1: it's a good question i don't know i know um 120,000 came to israel it's it's quite big i don't know statistics there are big communities in london um, america i think in canada there's there's quite a nice community as well in toronto and um I grew up in Sydney. It was a very small Iraqi community, but they band together. And again, the culture, the songs, the food, the prayers is, is something they do together. So it is strong yeah. wherever they are.
0: That's, a, that's amazing. So what has been the reaction so far to, to the book? Uh, that It hasn't been out that long, but you have been doing some promotion. How have people responded to the work?
1: So people have really loved it. I've been so humbled and, um, honored when like people send me photos of their kids reading the book and someone, um, said that their son, an Iraqi Jewish mother said that her son went to the principal of his school in New York and said, listen, you have to have this book at the school. So that that, and also when Iraqis say, wow, we're in a book. That's amazing for them because we all grew up reading Ashkenazi books. We know the European story better than we know our own story. So this is time for us to return to our story, and that's why a children's book, in a sense, is one of the best possible ways to start the dialogue between parents and children. It's fun. It's accessible. It's a hard story, yes, but there's a lot of love there, and there's a lot to learn still from this story.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that is, if, when it's well told and has a, 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 fun, uh, aspect to it, which I think the book does, then, then that's a great way to en- engage a story. Now, Sarah, you don't only do children's books, although you've got another one coming out, which uh, I want to talk about, but you also do prose, uh, dare I say it, more adult writing, uh, also with, with this, with the Iraqi theme. Talk to us a little bit about that and poetry so, as well. Sorry. Right. Yeah.
1: I'm. I'm also a poet, and I'm a writer. I write essays, um, and I, I. I'm obsessed with this Iraqi theme, so it comes out in everything I write, at the moment. And I think poetry is something I fell into while being in Israel. I was looking for a writing group, and I ended up in a poetry group. And I'd never written poetry, but it's something I very quickly fell in love with. I never considered myself a poet. Um, I always thought poetry was a bit, you know, highfalutin for people who are really intelligent and really, you know, from that kind of background. And I'm not. I'm much more down to earth. And I like things to make sense. But uh, poetry is another vehicle where you can really express emotion. And it's actually for everyone. I guess I'm plugging poetry here and telling everyone, pick up a book of poetry and just read. Read a poem a day. It will enrich your life. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and, and, the, and the prose that you write, I mean, is it, is it kind of historical? Does it, is it uh, sort of reportage or fact-based? How, how, do you, how do you approach sort of your nonfiction?
1: So it's quite documentary. A lot of my poetry has also become quite documentary as I'm trying to tell the story. As I research, I end up writing about um, what I'm researching. And so I unite the facts with the feeling of what that's like. For example, this year I I discovered that my great great grandfather was actually the Chacham Bashi of Iraq. That's the chief rabbi of Iraq. It's quite a big position, and it's his name now. When I'm reading my his my historical research is appearing everywhere, and I'm like, wow, how did I not know that? So that feeling of being completely cut off from my history and now rediscovering it is something I explore in prose and poetry it's it 's all exploration at the moment still, and i've been lucky enough to publish i 've actually got a micro chat book coming out with Harbour Review, which will be online and very accessible um, in december so i'll be excited to share that
0: now now you have uh, kids and, um, yeah. and 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 I'm interested in in how they perceive you know the, the sort of the next generation uh, you know what? I guess two or three generations from your grandmother's uh, Aliyah, and they living in Israel, very Israeli environment. H- how do they feel about uh, their mom spending all this time uh, on, uh, on on Iraq and Iraqi food and, and and the books and that sort of thing?
1: So they're funny. They laugh at me because I put you know the Al kuwaiti brothers music on um, and Iraqi music, and they're not used to the sound. But I grew up with that. And I feed them. They love the food. And um, my oldest son said to me, Mom, you think you live in Baghdad, don't you? <laughs> and I'm like, yes, that's exactly what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to recreate something that feels lost. So I think they're part of the process with me. And, the, you know, some embrace it more than others. I've got one who's actually very, very Iraqi. And he loves the songs and has Iraqi friends. Um So it's it's interesting. It's interesting to see how much I'll be able to pass on because that's what I'd like to do. This isn't just to go backwards. This is to go forwards. I want them to have a feeling that there were Jews from Arab lands and they come from that. And they've got a heritage that's very rich and they mustn't lose it.
0: Now, besides this book that you've just launched, there's another one coming out in 2024. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: So I actually have two coming out in 2024. I just didn't advertise the second that well, um, I guess because I didn't have a publisher weekly announcement. Um, I've got two books. One is called This Is Not a Challenge. It's also with Carbon Publishing, and that's about the Iraqi to beat. It's a Shabbat version um, of challenge that's Iraqi, which is with chicken and rice. It's just a fun book about this little girl who enters to beat in this Shabbat challenge competition, um, and it's very different and everyone's like a little bit shocked by how different it is and the second book's about the al-Kawadi brothers it's based on the them they were this famous singer composers um, musicians who were who established Iraqi music and even today their music's played in Iraq and throughout the Middle East but without their names because they had to make Aliyah and 1950, they chose to make Aliyah in 1951 and had to. So a, that's a whole nother discussion about why the Jews of Iraq left, um, and about their their little grandson who wanted to play an oud and was told, "No, don't play this instrument. There's no place here in Israel. There's no place in the repertoire of Western music. It can't be in the orchestra." So that's called um, "There's an oud in the orchestra."
0: <laughs> that's a fantastic title. So, Sarah, if people want to purchase the book, uh, see some of your other work uh, that you said, the other one that's coming out, uh, as well as some of the prose, uh, how can they go about doing that?
1: So the best is to go to my website, um, com. There I, I try and um, post blogs, keep everything up to date as much as possible, post my poems, and post events that I'm doing um it's a pretty new website so i'm still um it's still in process so um but i'd love to engage with um more community and questions and it's there that i you know i call it my online home so it's like visiting my home <laughs>
0: uh, and hopefully uh, you can get some some good recipes for uh something that is a cholent uh at, at some point as well sarah on on the website uh, exactly which which would, would be great uh that's sarah Sassoon uh, talking to us about her new book shoham's Shah, uh, bangle as well as just general uh engagement with iraqi history uh, of our, our, our Jew, Jewish community that is starting to come to the fore. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us on 101.9. FM and best of luck uh, with the launch of the book and all the others that are coming down the line.
1: Thanks, Benji. I really appreciate this opportunity. And just hello to everyone in South Africa. Um It was, yeah, it's wonderful to be able to speak to you from Jerusalem.
0: Yes, uh, it's uh, and, and great to have the opportunity to speak to you Again, we, we we do miss you, <laughs> and uh, if you're in Jerusalem, uh, go say hello to Sarah and and reconnect over a good uh, a good pot of Iraqi cholent. Uh, that is Sarah Sassoon. Uh, you can go check out her website Sassoon dot com. All of her writings there. I am Benji Shulman, and this is one hundred one point nine Chai FM.